It's the show the establishment warned you about. And welcome back to the Dr. Tommy Show live from Tampa, Florida, Echelon Health, the preeminent medical software for membership medicine. Atlas MD is our sponsor. If you want to learn how to use Atlas MD because you want to be the smartest economically that you can by using the multi software solution that is Atlas MD for your direct primary care or concierge medicine practice, then go to Dr. Tommy Show, drtommyshow.com, and click on Atlas MD special offer. Use it for free for two months, $600 in your pocket. And you don't even have to tell them thank you on Twitter or anything, but you should. Um, Atlas MD, atlas.md. And if you go to Dr. Tommy Show, DR Tommy Show, click on special offer, get it two months free. And I'm proud to have today subbing for Tracy. So that says Tracy there, but that's not Tracy. I'll take that down. <laughs> Subbing for Tracy, Mr. Jay Ellison. Hello, hello. Jay is here laying down some logic on us regarding health insurance vis-a-vis uh, the um, new short-term plans are becoming more legal or, or more available under uh, executive orders by Donald J. Trump and also... Uh, we're going to discuss uh, Medicare for All, which is one of the rallying calls of uh, folks on, uh, I guess you call them, the uh, state solutions side of the party or side of the aisle. And, uh, you know, today, Jay is here because my wonderful wife, Tracy, has given birth to a beautiful child named Olivia Marie. And she is not here today because of that. But it was a mu- a week and a day ago that Olivia was born and it was my first child, Tracy's third. And I can tell you this little baby is the most beautiful, perfect little baby I could have ever even imagined. And we thought she was going to have a boy and you could see the shock in both of our eyes when the doctor showed us the the baby. It was a girl. It's pretty amazing. But I was thinking instantly, I thought, well, not instantly within, I don't know, minutes, probably maybe, maybe an hour. I thought I couldn't imagine not having a girl. Now, you know, but the whole time we were thinking, you know, the, the baby's moving inside. We're thinking, this is a boy. This is a boy. This, it moved different than our other babies. It was more aggressive. She carried different. Everybody's, I'd say 90% of the people that we talked to said it's a boy thinking, you know, you know how everybody's an armchair, uh, whatever you call it, midwife or gynecologist, obstetrician. Yep. But it was, uh, it's a girl. She's a girl and she is at home now and she is a, such a sweet little baby. I have two of each, and I will say, as a dad, there's nothing better than a daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, love my boys, yeah. but uh, it's nothing better than a daughter. Well, she's she's she sleeps two and a half, three hours each night, so that's pretty good. It's a good start. And she, <laughs> when she wants to eat, she eats. She's a very good uh, feeder. She's she she likes to have her diaper clean. As soon as I take her diaper off. Like as soon as she's cleaned up, she's like back to normal. That's a girl. <laughs> Boys she does don't move care. her legs a lot though. When she's ready to go, it's kind of hard to like put the tab over when her legs are like. Yeah, you gotta make sure it's not too cold in the room when you take the diaper off. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you get the the fountain. Yeah, yeah, which even a girl can hit you in the face. Yeah, if she likes to True wait story. and clean the diaper up, take the poop off or whatever, get the diaper, put the new diaper on, then pee. She's done that a few times. Yep. But yep. man, she's such a little doll. She's. She was six pounds, eleven ounces at her checkup. She had lost as normal. She lost some yeah. some weight, 
and uh, something else. Do you guys find, since there's both of y'all are medical professionals with a lot of experience, do you find that makes it easier or more terrifying? I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> I think it's easier because we don't have to wonder like, you know, oh, is that that cord looks infected or is that just red? That part we got. The other part, but though, is know. like, you know, well, what is this little mark? Could that be, you know, we found a little mark on her, yep. her groin area is dark, pigmented. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, what's that? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like you start thinking melanoma, you yeah. know, all these bad things. So we went to the we went to the um, the pediatrician. He said, um, well. You know, he's looking her over, and I said, he says, is there any questions? I said, well, there was this area there. We had a concern of a spot there. And he saw, he goes, oh, yeah, that's normal. We see that in darker darker skinned people. And I'm thinking, yeah. darker skin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's in your DNA. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, I never, I'm not like one of these people that walk around thinking, you know, I'm this this percentage color American, and I yeah. like to have sex with this type of person. And, you know, I'm a... I'm a Pacific Islander, American, heterosexual, you know, I own a gun. You know, I don't go around talking like that. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to walk around thinking, what color am I? Does everyone know what color I am? Yeah. I look at, look at my color. Look at my color. My skin color is important. Look how, look how important skin color is. So I never really, so when he said darker skin, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I guess I am darker skin. But, you know, Tracy says that she forgets that I'm Filipino or half Filipino until she sees a picture. Then she realizes it. But, you know, I grew up, I never thought of myself as like, Filipino or not Filipino or I just I was a kid and you know my dad is garden variety Irish American lineage of other things put in there mm-hmm. my mother was from the Philippines they have a child you know you don't have to like get down to every little nuance like oh is Tiger Woods black or not is he black enough well it's is Tiger Woods black enough to be considered uh, able to talk for the black community well, I guess it depends on, you know, if he's saying the right things and he is. If he isn't, then he's not, you know, according yeah. to the, the statists. Well, it's America. I mean, everybody's got a, a, a bit of this and a dash of that when, yeah. when we all have something I mean, in unless there, you, you know? are 100% Creek Indian or Native American, then yeah. you are, by definition, from somewhere else. So yeah. that's the Native American, supposedly. Yeah. And so everyone here in America that wants to be an American can be an American. Hell, there's some people that are Americans that... <clears throat> I wish they weren't Americans. Like, you know, there's a lot of, we did a show before talking about people we'd like to deport celebrities. I'd like to deport a lot of celebrities. Well, if only the ones that said they, they would move to Canada after this person got elected or that person didn't get elected, mm-hmm. if they'd actually moved to Canada, I mean, it's kind yeah. of a self-solving yeah, problem. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's irresponsible to go on TV and radio and everywhere else and tell everyone you're going to move. Everybody gets jazzed about it and then you stay. That's ridiculous. It's just mean. I'd be like if Donald J. Trump said, you know, if 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 the polls continue to do bad in uh, your community, if my approval rating goes below uh, 30% in your community, I'm going to quit the presidency. And then they do. And he, he says, you know what? I've decided not to. Then those, pe- those people would be rightfully upset. Well, the same thing happens when Rosie O'Donnell oh, or Cher favorite. or, you know, whoever says, you know, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the, or that uh, Matt Damon. I'm going to go to New Zealand. I'm going to go live in the Outback. And then push comes to shove, and they're like, no, no, I'm going to stay in Hollywood. Yep. Be a man. Be a woman. Get out of here. Leave. Own, live up to what your promise was. You know? It's like people say it's a threat, not a promise, or it's a promise, not a threat. Yeah, I don't think well, our lives will be fundamentally weaker for, for them. No. Anyway. You know, I was, I was watching this thing on Twitter the other day. It was inter- interaction back and forth. Oh, it was from John Stossel. 
I think it was John Stossel. Yeah, John Stossel. Yeah, he wrote. Um, he wrote that you know, it's poisonous. Is it goes? It's hard to believe, or something to the effect of, it's hard to believe that this is a poisonous discussion to bring up. And I think they were talking about genders, like a man or a woman. Should we even have that discussion? Is there is there such thing as a man or a woman? And he says, he goes. The fact that this is a poisonous thing to bring up is, you know, what does that indicate for our society? And I wrote back to him. I said, uh, you know, this is only poisonous in the heightened, the dizzy heights of uh, academia, elitists, media, DC. Those people think that it's poisonous. Regular people don't think that. Regular people, even if they live in San Francisco, don't think that. Uh, regular people in Florida and Tampa surely don't think that. It's just a tiny but minority a, of people. There's a little bit of people scream. who just have their beliefs and they want you to believe so so sincerely in their mm-hmm. beliefs it doesn't matter what it is well there's a lot of people out there i think and i mean and you can apply this in so many areas of life that are that are deeply unhappy people and the way they make themselves feel better is by by down. forcing someone to change their behavior or forcing um you know or embarrassing someone or tearing somebody down and it's 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 sad because i mean you see it in business on social media you see it on all these you know the recreational outrage incidents that happen you know on a daily basis and it's it's sad i mean because what little do you have going on in your life that you have this much energy to devote to something that doesn't even affect you i mean there's not if you're not trans or you're not something else and you're not in a situation where it's affecting you personally but you're gonna go full Three Mile Island meltdown outrage because somebody used the wrong pronoun about somebody else you don't know and never met. Yeah, you're you need mental help. Well, I saw on, on Twitter yesterday. I agree. I saw I saw on Twitter yesterday the direct primary care doctors were having a discussion about direct primary care, which is you know everybody who listens to this knows direct primary care. You you pay a fee to your doctor, and then that's it. There's no insurance involved. You, that's it. You, mm-hmm. That's the, that's the that's relationship. Similar to what I do, concierge medicine. Different brand, same idea. We don't bill insurance. You pay me, pay our office. We take care of you, and that's it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they were having discussion about pediatrics, and some pediatrician was on there saying this will not work for pediatrics. This is cannot work for pediatrics, at least on a on a large scale. It's got to be done only in uh, you know, small communities. And then Dr. Molly, I think it was, and Dr. Umber from Atlas MD and a few others are in there going back and forth. And there's this big, long thread about it. And I just chimed on there and I just like to just stick it. And I just said, well, you know, I, you know, the original thread was this doesn't work. This is not ideal. I said, this is the perfect solution for pediatrics. Because just think about it. If you're at home with your child. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're scared. You're a mo- maybe a new mother or father. You don't know. Or you're or experienced one. You're just concerned. How easy it is it for you to just, you know, call your doctor quickly and say, hey, look, so-and-so is doing this. I'm thinking that it may be something, nothing, but I don't want to be, you know, maybe I should go to ER. And then you can just say, well, let me see it. And can you take a picture of it? Send it to me. Oh, that looks like a regular viral rash. No, that's not measles, you know, and doom. But see, you know, the thing is, is that people are on social media just, they want you to believe what they believe so so fiercely. Well, if they want to win, they don't want to think. Yeah. You know, and, and what you're saying, I mean, telemedicine is a huge market. It's growing every year. It's one of the things I do. And um, 
if if that works for pediatrics, why would it not work to be able to text a doctor that you already have a relationship with, that already knows your history, who already is dialed into what's going on with your kid, yeah. to be able to text them whenever you need to or call them? I mean, that's to me. That's I mean, it either the person who's saying this doesn't have children. Or they're well, not the creative enough to figure was, out how to make it was work. Was a doctor in the regular variety, you know, insurance-based yeah. doctor. I don't have anything against those people. They do whatever they want. I do whatever I want. But he was trying to say, look, you know, our our model works. It, ha- it has to be insurance. Was his point? Have to have insurance for for pediatrics. And he was he made a lot of points. And but it's just like I don't know. I just, I just feel like in social media is such a. I wish there was a smarter social media. You know, I wish there was, but I guess. It's reflective of our culture. You know, is the average American somebody that you would want to engage in conversation with? Maybe not. Well, the funny thing is, is it's not, it's not the average American. I don't think. I think oh, I think social media? Yeah, I think yeah, it's, the, right. it's the, it's it the, it selects people. out people. Well, you, it's, it's kind of like fight club. I mean, you're going in there to pick yes. a fight and you're not leaving that thread or you're not leaving your yes. page until you can get your you know, dopamine dump for pissing somebody off. That's right. That's true. And it's, I mean, so they, they stick around and they stick around and they make comments until some, they get a rise out of somebody and then, okay, victory. And then they well, go away because, but they don't want to actually engage and have the conversation. Yeah. They just want to poke and then, yeah. and then run away. Yeah. Yeah. And you would never do that in real life. I mean, because number one, you know, that requires, you know, thought and conviction and you get punched in the face for behaving like that yeah. in real life, it, it, you know, at least back in the day. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. It does select out a certain type of maybe not average. You know, most of my friends aren't on social media. I don't know how you go on Twitter. I'd rather get shot at again than go back on Twitter. I mean, I, every now and then I turn it on and remember why I got off of it. Yeah, so on Twitter I never talk to people who um, are want to engage in like that type of behavior. Mm-hmm. It, don't, it doesn't happen. Maybe it'll happen today, but it doesn't happen. Don't really engage with those people. Uh, but I, I go on more for, um, you know, commenting on i could do snide comments today you know they said henry cavalil cavalil whatever his name is he's the guy superman oh yeah he's apparently no longer going to be superman now and so you know it must be a big thing so i i tweeted to rm huffman who's a doctors i follow out in texas and he said i said you know maybe since this guy's not going to be there anymore it's time to take superman in a less masculine you know more uh, test, less testosterone filled, and maybe they could they could put in Joe Scarborough or Will Wheaton, you know. So I like to do this stuff like they just. You know who's good to follow? If you ever do follow Twitter, just for hilarity, is uh James Woods. Oh my god, that the, guy will burn people. He's a savage. He is a savage. I've read some of his stuff, and because it gets reported on after it, he Jeez. just rips the hide off of people. Yeah. And it, you can't. <laughs> I mean, because what he's saying is factually yeah. correct, but you just. You, you're not allowed to say those things. The other thing I do on Twitter is like, this is the cool thing about Twitter. And, and Twitter overall as a platform is probably uh, a bad thing for Amer- for our society. It's probably overall a bad thing. The good thing is, is that I can talk to people like George Foreman. So George Foreman, former heavyweight champion of the world, mm-hmm. I've actually engaged with over Twitter. Yeah. You know, not like, hey, Tommy, thank you so much. No. Yeah. But, you know, I've sent him some stuff or he's commented. I made a video before about uh, the Michael Moore fight where he knocked out Michael Moore in the 10th round and, I set it to music and it's on, it's on Dr. Tommy. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel. If you want to find it anyway, he, I sent it to him and he commented on it. So that's cool. That I mean, cool. That, that's the thing that technology can give you now is like it lowers that. I mean, 20 years ago, the only chance I could have ever had to talk to George Foreman 
is to travel to wherever George Foreman lives or is going to have an event and George, George. go stand in line at an event. Yeah. So that's the cool thing about it. There are some cool things that technology can bring. There are some cool things that social media can bring you. I shared a picture of Olivia, family members. That's great. But but there's a lot of disgusting trash. What gives that lowest common denominator uh, an an outsized voice. And if you could, you know, if, if you had to put your real name on it, yeah, if, I think you would eliminate a lot of stupidity if you had to put your real name and your real picture on there or be verified. Mm-hmm. Then you talk a lot less trash yeah, because now true. you know when you're the yeah. when you're a, a, you can a, hide a, behind a teacher a, in Wisconsin and you're saying just incredibly hateful things to people you don't know. Yeah. Then you know you pay the price for that behavior. All right, let's talk about Medicare for all. Medicare for all is a rallying cry now. Of a, <clears throat> I guess you could say it's the Democrat Party. Don't want to put words in their mouth, but I think overall the the platform of the Democrat Party, if they had it, would say that we want Medicare for all, or at least among the leadership. What do you? What is your first impressions when you hear something like that? Well, to me, it it seems like um, they use the term Medicare for all. Um, first of all, why do they use that term? Well, that's exactly what it's it's, like, it's a branding tool okay. because if you say socialized, um, socialized medicine, medicine like, oh, it has an immediate that exact Wait response less, for almost everybody. Uh, you know, they can't get that genie back in the bottle. Heart attacks while you're waiting for the pursuit. Yeah, yeah it, it has it has a richly deserved reputation for being, at best, wildly inefficient. So Medicare, on the other hand, <clears throat> excuse me, is very popular. Um, it's seen as a right because mm-hmm. of the way it's been established and it's been part of taxation, know, our economics and tax system for so long. Through taxes, people see it as their right. Yeah, so it's because ostensibly. And I think there's people listening. There's people listening who think that the tax dollars that they pay through Medicare go to an account that's set up in their name. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I think there's some people that think that, though. Well, it's been portrayed. I mean, you hear terms like uh, Social Security Trust Fund. Right. And these things that are completely untrue. Big old. There's an account. Like, if we go to Washington, D.C. today, we can go find the J. Ellison Social Security account, the J. Ellison Medicare yeah, it account. Doesn't work like that. Be like, oh, there's a, oh, I remember when I I worked at that, uh, you know, sandwich place. There's all the money I spent. Oh mm-hmm. well, I'm gonna have it one day. Yeah, and then you know the number, and I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but the number of active workers it takes to pay Medicare taxes to fund the care for a senior now, that number keeps getting larger every year. Yeah, the number of workers it supports, which I think is part of the push for. Um, illegal immigration as well because it increases the number of people that are paying into that system right. to support the base or support that Medicare right. base. But um, so I think it's largely a branding thing. Uh, um, there's no further thought or discussion when they say that about all the issues with Medicare, the that it's unsustainable at the current rate of growth and mm-hmm. the baby boomers all aging into it. That um, So when people say, when I, when I hear Medicare for all, my immediate thought is rationing. Yeah, well, you have to. I mean, they, right now you can't. If you if you're if you only have Medicare, you still have huge out of pocket costs. Um, you have um, you know a lot of exposure if you do end up in the hospital because it does pay a lot, but doesn't pay everything. And there's kind of part of what I do is help people you know, figure out um, you know supplemental insurance. There's lots of different ways to go with that that pay all the other costs mm-hmm. that you that aren't paid for by the Medicare that you've been paying for for your whole working life. And um, there's no acknowledgement of that process that the um, the amount of money that gets spent over and above um, that system, 
it would have to be funded from consumers or from you know additional taxes um, would be staggering like our system you know ACA was a huge you know crippling change to our system of health insurance you know Medicare for all would be exponentially different worse than that so Medicare for all is but the, that's the reason to do Medicare for all I guess on their their end is that it's fair and for once people will never have to worry about not being able to see the doctor because they can't afford it is that going to be true well you know it's you said there's out of pocket expenses. Well, yeah, so you, what are the out of pocket expenses for Medicare? Well, if you end up most people hear Medicare for all, they don't know anything. They think, well, they think well, it's it, just when you retire, there's everything you just show up. For, and, yeah, mm, mm. Uh, Medicare does not cover prescriptions. That's an add-on Part D. Okay, it doesn't cover um, doctor visits. Well, uh, Part B. Part B is doctor's visits, but there's you know there's there's deductibles in there, and mm-hmm. there's coinsurance in there. The percentage mm-hmm. you have to pay over and above mm-hmm. what the plan pays, and if you're in the hospital for an extended period of time. And you go past a certain number of days for Medicare, yeah. that's all on you. So if you're unlucky enough to spend um, more than ninety days in the hospital, good luck. That's all on you, and that people don't know that. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know that. I didn't know that. Well, that's my job. I mean, you yeah. Know, <laughs> so you know, I'm supposed to know that. Echo but, Benefit Solutions, by the way, yeah. dot com. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so 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 most most Americans will pick up some kind of supplementary insurance to cover the, the, the gaps in all that. And um, they either pay out of pocket every month for it or their um, Part B premiums that start when you turn 65 go directly to the insurance company to pay that. I think if you were to talk to a Medicare for All proponent, this would be their, their, their elevator speech. You ready? <clears throat> Medicare for All is affordable if we eliminated all the money that we spend on the wasteful money we spend on uh, wars and Medicare for all will ensure that everyone has access to a doctor when they need them without having to wait and having to go bankrupt. That's it. Boom. Elevator speech for Medicare for all. I think that's what it would be. All right. Let me, let me look up. So uh, if you, if you think about it, um, currently the, the budget is greater than half, I believe or the majority of the budget is spent on social services, uh, meaning social welfare. So Social Security, Medicare, things like that. The majority of the federal budget is spent on that. Now, I will show you, I will tell you one thing, and this is not not easy for some people to to listen to because they don't like it. Uh, The Constitution outlines nowhere in in its several pages where there is an authority of Congress to levy a tax on its citizens to provide for uh, social services like Social Security, retirement, or uh, medical medical um, payments for for individuals, whether they're old or whether they're poor, that does not exist in the um, in the Constitution. And there was just something on there on uh, Twitter I saw. Anyway, there's this. I think it was that who was it? Oh, it was a Kamala Harris, Senator Harris from California, in the, the Brett Kavanaugh um, confirmation mm-hmm. hearings, was saying. You know that little book you have in your hand, meaning the Constitution. Oh, that was. But the, the book, the book to them is that's what it is. It's just a book. It is a historical footnote that started this country. But in their mind, and I'm I'm not going to say that this is for sure, but I think in the minds of a person like Doctor Doctor uh, Senator Harris and Senator Sanders and uh, revolutionary type individuals, that you know we have to make the Constitution fit today. 
And what the Constitution was about was, you know, in powdered wigs and, you know, sweaty courthouse in Philadelphia is not pertaining to today. Today, we got to make the Constitution the way we want it. And, you know, there was probably people back then who thought that. And they they were defeated uh, by uh, people like uh, uh, John Jay and people like uh, James Madison and Thomas Jefferson. And they were defeated ideologically uh, and they were in and that didn't happen where we have this big giant welfare state. So the idea that now we can go out and retroactively implement that and it's going to work. We have evidence now that it doesn't work. We have evidence now. Anytime, if you want the perfect example. If you want to have Medicare for all, I invite you to do this. Whatever you're doing today, make a point to drop by your local Social Security office and just walk in. That's it. That's it. Just walk into your local Social Security office and then tell me tomorrow via, you know, Dr. Tommy Show, go on the email, drtommyshow.com and say, mm-hmm. yes, I still want to have Medicare for all. If you well, do, then I'll do you I give one better. I'll do you one better than that. Um, and I have personal experience with this is go to the VA. Or the VA. And, and all VAs are not created equal. And the one here in Tampa is tremendous. But that being said, um, I had to reschedule an I, uh, you know, optometry appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, the next available appointment is not until March of 2019. When you'll be like almost a year older. Yeah. So um, for optometry. optometry. Now, this is not for uh, uh, cardiac surgery. This no. is not to have a knee replacement. Right. This is not to have a, 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 a yeah. implant in your inner thank, ear. Thank God I haven't had any of that stuff done. This is I mean, for a, a checkup that I can go right now to Walmart and get within five minutes. Yeah. I mean, the free market takes care of those things. Now, I mean, they do have an emergency room and everything else, but, you know, whatever treatment that results from that visit is going to be on the schedule of you know, resourcing and budget and everything else yeah. for the for the government. I looked up the numbers real quick because, um, and uh, so, you know, uh, we spent for for 2016. We spent um, 368 billion dollars um, on Medicare spending. All right. Okay. So, um, and then that was for 2016 numbers. The defense budget for 2017, so I couldn't find it for 2016, Google sucks, um, was, let's see, 2017, um, $590 billion. Okay, so if you eliminate the entire defense budget, just get rid of the whole thing mm-hmm. and have a bake sale, like bumper sticker says, um, to fund the defense department, okay, that would get you to... Um, you know, almost a trillion dollars. If you add the entire defense budget into what's being spent for Medicare, it gets you almost to a trillion dollars. Okay, so looking at Medicare spending for 2016, and this is where I started 2016, there were almost 35 million people accessing Medicare in mm-hmm. America, including disability and regular, uh, you know, 65 Old and age, over Medicare. Yeah. yeah. So, and that cost the 368 billion number I came up with. Current U.S. population is around 325 million. Okay. So about a tenfold increase in number of people. Okay. So that puts the est, you know, my you know napkin math uh-huh. on how much that would cost to 3.4 trillion and change. So you're saying that what we need to do then is maybe eliminate the Department of Defense and maybe steal all the rest of the money in the world 
then we'd be able to fund Medicare yeah. for all. Yeah, and even if you confiscated all of the wealth of the one percent, yeah, that still and eliminated the Defense Department, that still mm-hmm. only gets you halfway there. So we need to basically, uh, probably, you know, think of a different way because this yeah. isn't going to work. Well, but it, and that's where and that's where the um, you know the end of the conversation happens. Well, before that, usually, yeah. But the um, just the the kind of the ludicrousness of that and the part like they'll never. Kind of cop to is the level of taxation you'd have to get to to raise without eliminating Department of Defense because even they're not that crazy. But um, the level of taxation you'd have to have to sustain that would be in the 60 to 70 percent range that you see in European countries. And the reason that European countries can do that is because they've been largely protected by the United States since the end of World War II. Mm -hmm. So you can have here's how you have socialized medicine fairly successfully. Meaning you don't have to uh, die waiting for a heart surgery necessarily. Is you have a small homogeneous culture of people who are have predictable health problems, mm-hmm. and then you have a uh, an ally like the United States who's going to essentially protect you. You have you have your own air force and things like that. But if the stuff really hits the fan, the United States is going to come get your back. So you don't yep. really have to worry too much about that. And then, yeah, you can have a uh, 60% tax rate and, you know, six weeks of vacation a year paid. And you can do that. You can fund that. But you cannot have your cake and eat it, too. So you can't have a big, free, diverse American population like we like to have. Mm -hmm. And then also have um, uh, these wild welfare benefits because guess what? No one's going to protect us. China is not going to say, hey, we got your back. We're going to we're going to use our self-defense or national defense to protect you or, or the Russia. They're not going to say that. Uh, what they're going to do is use our weakness and then take advantage of us and then subject subjugate yeah. us into being an inferior uh, power, which which a lot of people, I think, who are for Medicare for all. If you said, look, doing Medicare for all would make America weaker. They'd say that's a good thing. America has been and Barack Obama said as much when he was president. Is that you know America has been uh, pushing people around too much, and for a long time, uh, we need to step back. We need to get, we need to have our comeuppance, and uh, basically that wouldn't be a bad thing for them. Is that, so if we eliminate or greatly reduce our defense spending, our national stature goes down. Uh, we're just kind of another. We're we're kind of like we're reduced to uh, scrapping for scraps, just like everybody else, because mm-hmm. we're no better morally yeah. than they are, which I don't agree with. I think our constitution protects the rights of individuals when implemented correctly more so than any written document that any country has ever had. I think that's the basis of the constitution. I don't even think that's arguable. Project, protect individual liberty and to limit government. Medicare for all. So that's Medicare for all. I don't know. It's not going to be, it's a non-starter in my opinion, because I think there's enough people who have hopefully a, a, a um, healthy suspicion about having government in charge of their health care. Yeah. It, There's always going to be some people who want it, which yeah. I don't, I, I do not have any problem with that either. If you want to have the government in charge of your health care, I have no problem with that. Ethically, it is fine if you want to do that for yourself. And if you want to have a state that does that, like California, and they, they're going to, implement that then i have it now if you try to do it in florida i'm going to fight for it you know against it federal however and if they implement it then i'll move i'll move to tennessee or somewhere or texas that being said if you want to have that in your state then do it 
But the problem is, is this thing only works if you do it on a large scale. It's like in the classroom. Let's say, you know, we're going to have a, a, a party and everybody's got to bring in something mm-hmm. and we're going to have a good party. Well, it only works if everyone brings in stuff. So then you have a big party. Well, if you want to have a big party where you don't have to pay for anything and yep. the government takes care of everything, you don't have to have everybody pitch in. Well, just like the um, the ACA relied on a large number of young, healthy people buying insurance they didn't need to fund the care of older, sicker people. I mean, Medicare works the same way. You have, you know, I don't know the numbers, but I'm going to say it's, you know, dozens of, of younger people paying in premiums uh, or taxes every year to fund the, the current, you know, Medicare population. You know, that, that, that was one of the critical failings of the ACA is that people just said, well, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, well, they, they underestimated the, uh, the fear that people would have of not buying insurance yeah or the fear of the irs yeah and the you can't force people to do these things that i mean that's that's it's not how we do things in this country at least we haven't and it's i mean it's just so i think they should do it in california and show us how it's done in california well it's they have it in massachusetts they've had it for a long time and it's wildly but unpopular massachusetts still has private medicine yeah but it's not yeah it's you can opt you but, can but i think you know medicare for all means everyone's got it there's no op- alternatives as right far as well and that's as far that's as their yeah that's the way they go and in most of these other countries that they and this is the part they don't talk about is that um in these you know socialized medicine countries there is still private insurance available but you still have to pay all of the taxes yeah and then fund your own insurance over and above that and the people who pass these laws are almost always exempt from them and you know congress still exempt from the aca um yeah. to this day yep you know and both parties you know so they're both guilty on this and um they're exempt from social security too well they've had to start paying taxes but they still have their own they still have their pension i don't know i don't know there's about something that. different yeah. about that uh tell us about echo benefit solutions um well I, i've uh started my own sorry agency uh back in may uh been in the industry for four years since i retired from the army and um, say this as tactfully as I can. Got tired of working for other people who um, didn't have what I would consider to be the standards for uh, integrity, uh, taking care of people the way that uh, they should be, and um, and really taking the time to figure out what the best uh, coverage <laughs> is for. Yeah, no, dude, I know you know. Um, you know, because not everybody's the same. One size does not fit all. And you have to stop and take the time to figure out what works best for everybody. And, um, you know, so like back to socialized medicine, you know, you can't give everybody the same, you know, size, Mm -hmm. you know, size 10, you know, um, sneakers. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't work. I mean, so why would you assume medicine or insurance is the same way? So um, it's been an adventure. And um, and I know you know the small business uh, world. Um, it's been uh, an awesome learning experience. Who is your uh, Who are your clients? What kind of indiv- you do with individuals? Mm-hmm. It's uh, my I, I I have a pretty wide gamut of uh, of services. So um, the the I would say the majority of my people are you know families in the thirties to forties, small uh-huh. business owners. Um, you know because uh, you know there's there's there there it costs so much money right now. So they're looking for a way to save money. But still make sure that they have uh, you know quality of care, and um, so that's a big. I think we're going to see a lot of big different market. options come up that aren't available yet, uh, and they're on the, in way. the coming months with the uh, executive order and uh, allowing 
individuals to have short-term health insurance, which is not ACA insurance for longer mm-hmm. than three months. You're going to see a lot of different affordable options. I'm going to go on it in January. My wife and the child, we're all going to be on a short-term plan, yep. uh, which is going to be, it's not going to pay for medications. It's not going to pay for doctor visits and it's not going to pay for uh, uh, x-rays, but it's going to pay for if something very serious happens and it's just what I wanted. It's yeah. just what I wanted. And I don't want to pay for all that stuff. Well, and, and you know, I take the time to figure out how people consume health, you know, health and health care. And if they are the kind of people who, um, you know, assuming you're not already a doctor and have your own office, um, go to urgent care maybe once a year when they get sick yeah. or they take their children to urgent care when something happens because of the convenience of it. Um, and you're not, you know, the, the person that has to go to your primary care once a month because you're bored. Right. Um, then you could save 40, Thousands. 50% um, off the premiums. Yeah. I saved one family um, over $5,000. And that's real money. In, in premiums for that's the year. That's money that you can spend with your family to go on vacation, to save, yeah. to put an addition on your house or whatever. Yeah. You know? and so it's, I mean, you add that up over time. That's, <clears throat> that's huge money. That's and real money. It's not for everybody. Yeah. So very frequently we end up splitting. Um, splitting coverage so you have one person that's you know diabetic or has some chronic issue you put them on you know an ACA plan and everybody else goes on something else but you still save them a ton of money we have patients in our practice who are uninsured so to speak and they have chronic issues and uh doesn't pay for them to come here but guess what it wouldn't have paid for them either way to come here because they pay us directly so for us uh, pre-existing conditions in the DPC concierge medicine is irrelevant. We yeah. don't care if it's pre-existing or non-existing or newly existing. We take care of patients, not problems. So anyway, well, thank you, Jay, for coming in. This is a very fun. Thank you. Uh, well, hopefully, maybe, you know, over the next uh, several months, we'll have you back and do some more uh, guest hosting and then tell them where to find you on the interweb. Um, on Facebook at Echo Benefit Solutions and the website is EchoBenefitSolutions.com. Very cool. And uh, today's song of the week is... Uh, from Mr. Junior Kimbrough, and this is Dung God Old, covered by also Buddy Guy on the album Sweet Tea. And uh, thank you all for joining us. And go to Dr. Tommy Show, drtommyshow.com to see more of our, sh- our show. And if you're like one of the people that just emailed me and you've been listening to the show and you want to come in for a consultation, uh, do that through drdoctortommy.com. That's our clinical website. Until next time, hasta la vista. Well, I done got old